0: hello and happy friday to y'all this is back from the brink we are the after show the continuation of conversation from the On the Brink Morning Show on KCAA Radio. That is ten fifty AM, one oh six point five and one oh two point three FM in the Inland Empire. We are the Trifecta of Talk. And now we continue. I'm Todd Brinker and Aaron will be joining us momentarily. As I mentioned, it is Friday, the fourth of September. Yes, the year chugs along as we all hide inside and we chug hydration from the heat. The uh, temperatures here in Southern California will be up over the hundreds again as we go into this this uh, long weekend. And the lows is what bothers me because the lows will be in the 80s and almost 90s. Uh, and so it doesn't cool off at night. Welcome to living in a desert, right? So um, we will do our best to endeavor to persevere. And, uh, and that's, I suppose, all we can do. Um, George Washington University uh, has a former professor. I say former because uh, she was sort of outed. She has been uh, presenting herself to the world as a black American, and she is of Jewish heritage. Uh, George Washington University professor has been dubbed Rachel uh, Dozalal the second after admitting that she has spent her entire career pretending to be black in a post on medium jessica krug a professor of african-american history said uh, her adult life has been rooted in the napalm toxic soil of lies the guardian reports i have eschewed my lived experience as a white jewish child in suburban kansas city under various assumed identities within a blackness that i had no right to claim First, North America, North African blackness, and then um, uh, U.S.-rooted blackness, then Caribbean-rooted Bronx blackness, she wrote. She called herself a cultural leech and said that her unaddressed mental health demons do not excuse her unethical, immoral, and anti-black colonial appropriation of black identity. Um, you know, if that's how she feels and she feels bad about it, you know, I think that as an employer, you would certainly have issue with her lying or presenting herself as something other than who she is. That said, um, when you when you identify yourself as uh, African-American or uh, Hispanic... Here's Aaron hey there, how are you?
1: I'm good, I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing okay for a happy Friday. So I was just kind of going through this story about uh, Jessica Krug, a uh, woman who was, a, or is, uh, a... Uh, Jewish American who grew up in the suburbs of Kansas City and has spent most of her adult life pretending to be a black person and in fact was a professor of black studies at Washington University. Isn't that interesting? Yeah well you know I, I I have mixed emotions about this because as I was just starting to say before before you called in it seems to me that, um, you know, A, I don't know if they have grounds to fire her because when you um, fill out your your application and stuff, the questions that they ask about race are optional and they are um, basically legally not allowed to use that as a grounds for hiring somebody, right? So can they use it as a grounds for firing somebody if they can't use it as a grounds for firing somebody? Um, and then the flip side of that too is, you know, we're supposed to, and we've been told culturally to accept anybody who identifies as Right. If they identify yes. as a woman, we're supposed to accept that. If they identify as a, as a black, we're supposed to accept that. So, you know, if she says she identifies as being a black person, even though she was, you know, raised as a Jewish white woman in Kansas City, um, you know, that's her business.
1: So yeah, I, I, she, I, you know, I have to say, I mean, I think this this obviously she doesn't have the shared experience of. Uh, uh, you know, having the legacy of Jim Crow and slavery and, and oppression that's in her family. Although the Jews are pretty oppressed in the United States as well, not like the African Americans, but they were oppressed in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that she fits. She's found a culture that she likes and that she fits in, and that she that she uh, um, you know has find, found her her people. That she, yeah. you know, you, everybody finds their. And this is what I say to our 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 students who are scholarship recipients, you got to find your tribe on campus. Right. And, and right. in don't like it's that way too. You find where you fit. And clearly mm-hmm. she found where she fit. I, I wish that she didn't feel that she had to be dishonest about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, it I mean, she in her own language has said, you know, that she has uh, lived a life rooted in the napalm toxic soil of lies. Uh, she should be a writer. Um, instead of teaching black studies, she should be teaching, uh, you know, like novel writing or something. Cause that's a pretty uh, colorful string of words there. Um, I have eschewed my lived experience as a white Jewish child in Kansas city under various assumed identities. Uh, you know, um, she, she called herself a cultural leech and then she mentions unaddressed mental health demons do not excuse her unethical, immoral, and anti-black colonial approach to appropriation of black identity so she is now beating herself up um but yeah i you know i i i'm kind of with you it's like you know you find your your crew and and if that's you know where she was comfortable and happy then fine be comfortable and happy there Why, you know i i you know obviously she looked enough like somebody of color that she passed as somebody of color you know i mean who cares (laughs) Other than I guess somebody who's who who says you know that's my history you're stealing and, and and I guess they could have some but she's not like stealing any history I mean you could point to probably a, a you know you could probably find a whole bunch of people who are are have uh, you know African American uh, uh, blood and and have grown up you know much like she did in you know say suburban Kansas City or or pick a, pick a city or a state well, anywhere you want. Yeah, who basically grew up without any issues whatsoever about, you know, whether they were, you know, uh, black or Hispanic or whatever, you know, and had pretty much a, you know, generic middle class upbringing in the United States and and. You know, I, I have a friend that I've known for, uh, you know, the better part of two decades now, who's an African American. And, and, you know, he and I have talked about this in the past and he says, you know, that's just, I mean, it's not an experience I've had. I've had an experience of being a black man in, 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 you know, in California and he grew up in, uh, in upstate New York. Um, but he said, you know, I've, I've never been pulled over by police and treated badly. I, uh, you know, I, I, work in a, in a defense contractor's business as a manager, um, you know, I I don't have a life that defines me as being a black person. My life, you know, I am a black person. It's part of who I am. But he goes, you know, I can't say that I have had any advantages or disadvantages one way or the other because of the color of my skin. He says, now, that's my experience. Other people are different.
1: Yeah. You know? I don't know. I, 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 would, I would like to think that at some point... That we, and maybe this is this is never going to happen because it, yeah, for whatever reason it's just never going to happen. But that 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 we can pick the pick the people that we're most comfortable with and just live with the people that we're most comfortable with and have a life like anybody else and not not have it not matter. Do you know what I'm saying? I I Mm -hmm. just I, I think that the the movement for focused on identity politics where those your identity defines who you are. Um, I think it's destructive. I think it's, um, you know, we're so much more than I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm female, but I don't walk around saying I'm female, so this is my experience. This, I'm female, so this is my experience. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just right. part of who I am. I don't, I don't, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't define who my friends are. It doesn't define, yeah. you know, what I enjoy doing. Does that
0: make sense? Yeah. Well, and as being you know a white male, you know it occurred to me the other day that you know it's like I'm kind of getting tired of being told that you know somehow my life is all you know candy and and bubble gum and lollipops because I I'm a white male everything gets handed to me, you know um, I, that's not I worry. True. Yeah, it's not true. You know, I I worry about, you know, having money to pay my bills and, and, you know, and being able to get jobs. And, you know, maybe I have an advantage in some instances that other people don't have, but then some people have advantages that I don't have, you know. And your background and your history and your experience has a lot to do with that as well, not just the color of your skin. And to say that that's, you know, because I have the the color of my skin is that of the majority it doesn't mean that i have you know things handed to me on on silver plates and and uh and you know uh silver spoons you know to to eat with you know i i eat with the same you know utensils i bought at target just like everybody else you know i yes. mean it's, well, it's there
1: is a segment of elite white culture for whom you know lots of lots of benefits are given so if you are if you are gentried, old money person from New York City, or you know, Los Angeles, or Connecticut, wherever, mm-hmm. and your family has lots of contacts. You you go to the private, you know, boarding schools. You go to Harvard or Yale or Princeton or whatever, Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. Then you are going to ha- have more advantages than than other people. But that is such a small fraction of the entire population. Even it just yeah. a small fraction of the entire white population. So, yeah conflating the two makes no sense because i don't i am no more welcome in their homes than anybody else yeah who is not part of the gentry to leave.
0: yeah and they certainly didn't like it when those those uppity um west coast tv people tried to uh use their power to get into schools uh it, you probably doing the exact same things that the the uh yes. like you said the old money people have done for years and most of them are facing jail time now yes you know, yes. you 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 tell me that that uh, that uh, you know back in the day that that some of those families that have had you know a couple generations of people go to Harvard and Yale and you know Stanford d- didn't do things as bad or worse than than you know paying off the crew uh, coach to, to put your kids on their team, you know, yes. and. You know, or maybe they just did it bigger by saying, oh, hey, let's build a library in our com- in our family's name. We'll donate a library to the school. And by the way, you know, Billy Bob Jr. here needs to uh, needs to go and, and, and graduate. And never
1: mind his D's.
0: Yeah, and graduate. <laughs> so just get him in and, and, you know, work his way through and give him a degree. And they yes. go, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, for a couple, a couple million bucks, uh, sure, we'll do that. Yeah,
1: and that's been going on forever.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm not not saying that it's it's right or should be happening, but it it is.
0: And yeah, it's just a so fact of life. I, you know, and I guess maybe that's the difference is is that that um, you know, some of us are willing to go. Okay, that's just the way it is. And other people are going like, I'm not. I'm tired of this way. We're going to change it. You know. And I get that. Yes. And you know, and more power to you. If that's you know, if you're if you're not liking the way things are, and and we are talking about the differences. I mean, we're talking about like, getting into a school. It's not like. Uh, you know, getting shot while you're out jogging or, or you know, when you're, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, or when you're sitting in your, in your apartment and people come busting into your apartment, uh, you know, guns drawn because they got the wrong address or got a tip to go to the wrong address and had a no-knock warrant, you know? Um, so
1: I, I'm actually going to push back. I actually read an article mm-hmm. um, uh, recently that they actually didn't get the wrong address Mm-hmm. That that they that Brianna Taylor's name was on the warrant and that they did pound on the door. So she wasn't shot in her bed, she was shot in her hallway. Now
0: I heard she was on the couch.
1: So I want to pull the cause this is all public record. So right. we, we should pull the doc because people with agendas are spreading lies that are that are destructive to the core of right. to the United States. And I say this because like the Michael Brown shooting um uh where that was the one that set off the Ferguson riots mm-hmm. uh, that was a justified shoot and that that was uh even um affirmed by Barack Obama's Justice Department right uh it was not there was no hands up don't shoot that didn't happen that was a myth and right and it, it is it is harmful to everyone involved for these myths myths to be perpetuated so I am going to check out the Brianna Taylor I'm gonna right. I want to dig some well abs- absolutely and but the thing is
0: the lies come from both sides and so oh i'm you know, not saying it's one way yeah. or the other i'm just right saying but we need to they're... know the so truth
1: we, we should know the truth and shame on our media for not telling us the truth
0: right yeah that's that that's the real crime is that, is that it's it's misreported and then you know generally no follow-up or if there is the follow-up is like oh, by the way, we made a mistake. And then and then tell you the next big headline that, that they've got immediately after it happened based on, you know, innuendo and, and rumor before they can confirm actually what happened.
1: You know, it's you know? like this, this story about President Trump talking about soldiers who fell in war as being losers. That came from anonymous sources. I'm using air quotes, anonymous yeah. sources. As far as I'm concerned, anonymous sources is gossip.
0: Right. Well, and he's come out and said, Show me the tape. I, I didn't say that. You know, it's. Just, it, but you're right. It's people trying to manipulate voters. I think in a large sense right now. So right now, it's 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 even amped up more than normal.
1: And they and it, they're doing this at the peril of the United States as a as a system, as a government, as a as a um, mm-hmm. as a nation, because they they want to push forward a. A political agenda or they want their guy to win it's like right. you don't you're not even paying attention to the cost of what you're doing i right. it makes me angry all the manipulation that's happening right now
0: well you know the 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 news medium has has especially the print medium newspapers have for uh, long called themselves the fourth estate and what we we have to realize is that the fourth estate has collapsed by the fourth estate they mean the the fourth branch of the government the, the thing that keeps all of those politicians in check was a free press and our free press has completely collapsed yes, there's it no has. there's no financial means to keep it going without it becoming a bunch of of you know uh, rag newspapers online la- in line with like the inquirer i mean shoot when tmz seems to be the place that breaks your news more than anywhere else you know that your your news medium is, has completely fallen apart yes. and so the fourth estate has, has is gone there is no Free and independent news that is checking on on the the, the politics anymore, and so with that in mind, uh, you know w- we as as a society have to be really really careful about um, making decisions without having you know really truthfully put the effort in to vet what's happening because uh, it's it, it, what we get here from our normal sources is completely unreliable you know we need to look at sources like the bbc and uh and places
1: oh they they are are. they're 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 right on line with uh, cnn
0: so um but uh you know we need to i'm just saying that there are you know there i'm saying that there are sources sometimes outside of our country uh but this is yeah this problem isn't isn't new to us it is worldwide yes yeah it is worldwide
1: and it is frustrating so back to the 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 story i remember rachel dolezal was excoriated for um but she was she was the president of the naacp yeah really was trying to she changed her look entirely she really was trying to be to pass as Mm african-american um and so i don't know maybe at some point we can pick our pick our people and stick with them and and it won't be Mm -hmm. all about identity politics anymore
0: yeah I mean, it's like, I, you know, who cares if if the woman, you know, if Rachel Dolezal was doing good things as president of the NCAA NAACP then she did good things, you know, and she did things that helped African-Americans. If you know, if you can point to things that she did that were maybe uh, underhanded or shady, then then OK, then maybe she shouldn't be in that position. Likewise, with the um, uh, this professor, uh, uh, Ms. Krug, uh, you know. If you sat in her class, were you getting good information? Were you learning? Then who cares? Yep. That's what she was paid to do, was to teach you. She wasn't paid to be a certain person. She was paid to teach you. And it's illegal for them to have hired her because she was or wasn't black in the first place. So, who cares? Yes. You know?
1: Yes. I 100%, 100% uh, agree. So, um, uh, a voting in the 2020 election has begun. North Carolina has started sending out their mail-in ballots. Whee! Yeah.
0: Mail-in. Here we go. It's going to be a wild ride.
1: It's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. And, and apparently there's a difference between mail-in and absentee ballots just in the sheer volume. Because an absentee yeah. ballot... You have to request that, right? So you've put, you've been actively, you actively requested that, so they know that you're a real voter, that you're a mm-hmm. real person. Um, in in most states, uh, mm-hmm. where in mail in, they're just going to be mailing ballots to everybody who's registered to vote, which could be dead people, people who have moved. There's just the chances of mm-hmm. there being fraud um, are pretty high because the because the voter rolls have not been cleaned up.
0: So, um, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, they can literally get them postmarked right up until the polls close, and so that means that we won't know results for a period of time after that as mail comes in. And then everything has to be, you know, unlike when it comes in in a ballot box where they can take it out and feed it into a counting machine, they're going to have to now open envelopes and then feed them into counting machines. So there's a lot more work that's going to take place, so that's also going to slow down the counting in virtually every registrar's office across wherever. So, yeah, I mean, it's there are some logistics involved with it. Whether or not that works to the advantage of one party or not, I don't know. I think that it's probably not to one party, although they're both paranoid about the other one having some advantage or disadvantage, whether you allow that to happen. Um, I I haven't. Uh, st- the, the When I have looked at statistics, it, it looks to me like that's all just paranoia. You know, the numbers that I have seen say that that's not necessarily the case. So we'll um, we'll see what happens, I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's paranoia. I think the potential for uh, voter fraud is high. It hasn't happened before because we we don't have in densely populated areas, especially we don't have mail in voting for everybody. That's right. That that's that
0: that's not what I meant. And that's not what I, what I was trying to say was, is that I think that the paranoia is that it would advantage one party or the other. Oh, no. Or, I don't think that there's an advantage one way. I think it will be universally problems, and and you know and inaccuracies. But I don't know that that's going to advantage one group or another because of it. Is what I was saying.
1: Oh, okay. I get you. I get you.
0: Right. So yeah, so- yeah. I don't. I don't doubt that there will probably be, you know, whether you want to say it's voter fraud. I don't know that it's fraud. I think it's just going to be fraught with with errors. It's going to be hugely error prone. Um, a, You know, I don't want to, uh, that that strikes to me a less emotional uh, uh, phrasing of what will happen. Um, But because of that, I don't think it's going to, you know, benefit or or harm either party more than the other.
1: Yeah. So, um, Dr. Dre's wife of 24 years is demanding a whole lot of dough as part of divorce proceedings. Um, So apparently they filed for divorce uh, in late June. Guess how much she is requesting per month?
0: Buck thirty five.
1: No, little more than that. Yeah? What one point nine million dollars per month. A month? month. <laughs> A
0: month. Oh, I bet she doesn't even listen to, to, to with with beats. She probably she probably uh you know. Yeah, she wears bows headphones. You know, yeah, Bose. <laughs> you know <laughs> she says, I'll show you. I'm going to right. listen with different headphones and I want 9 million dollars a month. Got to keep says that, that she lifestyle.
1: She also wants 5 million dollars to cover legal fees.
0: <laughs> well, you know. Well, frankly, I mean, you know, I'm of the opinion and and you know, I, people will have differing opinions. He doesn't go out. I mean, I don't know how long they've been married, but it, uh, it, I years. When, I was going to say when I looked at that once before, she was there as he was basically Becoming this person that is now Dr. Dre, yes. um, and you know he doesn't have the opportunity to go out and do that without having a wife and and somebody who's who you know and I I don't know how active she is in, in his business whether she was just you know uh, raising the kids or anything but there that's a partnership and you know it's half hers that's my my feeling.
1: Well, his his net worth is an estimated eight hundred million dollars, and that will probably be divided, uh, you know, in half. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but in addition to that, she wants the that spousal support. Yeah. So she well. Reportedly, she lives in the couple's Malibu home. She has personal chefs, housekeepers, and security guards. Um, so, but she wants that spousal support because she wants to uh, continue to enjoy the lifestyle she has enjoyed during the marriage.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? That she's
1: having oh. difficulty paying her bills.
0: <laughs> wow, she's got some big bills. That's a lifestyle to take that like, apparently takes about nine million dollars a month to maintain. I can't imagine I can't ima- I, I would have to that would be hard work. You'd have to really work hard to to set up a lifestyle that required that kind of cash to maintain. That's insane. Um, that said, uh, I would my feeling is any continued revenue that he receives from work that he did during that time period is also half hers. Uh, any new revenue streams that he creates post their separation, that's all his. That's how I would look at it. And, and you know, I I think that's kind of how the law is written. And so what what the judge has to do then is parse, you know, what is that?
1: Yes. And, you know, as these divorces, divorces of very wealthy people tend to do, it's probably going to be long and ugly, and it's Mm -hmm. going to make their divorce attorneys very, very rich
0: yeah look at Brad Pitt and angelina Jolie. I mean they're still there's you know they split up what they've been in divorce proceedings for a year or two now. <laughs> they're still trying yeah. to figure it out and arguing about whether the judge should should be kept or whether they should change judges and I mean all kinds of stuff is going back and forth, you know um yeah it's just it's ugly it's ugly. Here's a thought: marry somebody for life,
1: yeah, there you go. It's cheaper,
0: yeah probably you know, a lot just, happier, too, if you just work through your problems instead of get the lawyers involved, because yes. they will basically counsel you to, don't work through anything, sue.
1: Well, yeah, of course they do. That's their livelihood. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As soon as you talk 100%. to a lawyer, you're in trouble.
1: <laughs> well, and from what yeah. I understand, family court kind of works in this, you know, they basically look at your net worth, and then they start developing their strategy, because they mm-hmm. they, can, they want to maximize what they bring in. So... You know, that's yeah. that's my understanding of how things work with divorce attorneys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy to say I don't have any personal experience there, so. I don't um, either. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> you and I speak from that which we don't know, which is good. Yes. Um, well,
1: I watched my parents go through it. It was ugly for them, mm-hmm. so. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in this day and age, I can't imagine anybody doesn't know somebody who hasn't gone through or, you know, you have to have somebody in your sphere of friends who has either gone through it or their parents have gone through it or your parents have gone through it. I mean, it's just, it happens. And, and quite frankly, you know, in cases of, of, um, uh, spousal abuse and things like that going both ways that, you know, it should happen. I mean, there are reasons for divorces. I'm not trying to say never get divorced. I'm saying it's much preferable to figure out ways to resolve problems and stay married if you've got married in the first place. Uh, especially when you hear those well, that have been married for like that, you know, 24 years. It's like, you know, you kind of know each other at this point, right? Well, I here's mean here's the
1: thing, too. Why don't they just stay married and live separately? It's not like they can't afford it.
0: Right. That yeah. might
1: be cheaper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot cheaper. It's like, okay, you know what? You go live your life, I'll live mine. It's not like we can't yeah, exactly. Like it's not like, not like we don't have four houses, you know. I'll just pick this one and live over here and you pick that one and Or hell, you know. I'll buy another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For what I would have paid the lawyers, we could buy two or three. Exactly. <laughs> you
1: know? Exactly. You know? I, it just doesn't yeah.
0: Doesn't yeah. make sense to me. I mean he Unless sold then beats and, else and wanting to get married. You know, got like, you know, a billion dollars for selling beats. Um, obviously if he's worth eight hundred million or something now, that's been you know, spent at nine million dollars a month rate, so that goes you know goes quick. Or
1: one point 9, nine million for her.
0: That's oh, Oh, one point nine million a month. Is that okay? Yes. I, for some, in my head, I, I thought you had said nine point six million like that, and we like, holy moly! How do you spend that kind of money? Even though one point nine million still, how do you spend that every month? You know, I mean, but, unless yeah, that's just the house payment. Know. You know, mostly the house payment or something. I don't know.
1: Uh, I have no idea. I, that's yeah. just an insane amount of money.
0: It is it is you could you could twenty four hours a day take dollar bills and and just and and lay them end to end out in the street and you wouldn't have have enough time in a month to lay out one point nine million of them you couldn't do it
1: it's, yeah
0: it's crazy crazy right <laughs> it's crazy Absolutely that's crazy. a lot of money wow
1: <laughs> Wow it's so, it's funny uh, when they uh, do those
0: those things where you, you know like when you try to help understand big numbers you know like how far things are in space how much space there is in space or how big you know a million is or a billion is and stuff and it's it's just nuts it really is when you start thinking about how big these numbers are and how much that actually represents it's crazy
1: yeah and and it's a world that uh, that most of us will never can never even imagine having right. that much money.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's kind of fun when they do things like that and say, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, the nearest body in space to us is the moon, right? And it takes, what, three days to get there in a rocket, <laughs> you know, but at the fastest, the fastest man in the world. Are you okay?
1: I have the hiccups. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. I get them.
0: Okay, no, that's fine. I just, I just heard the sound. I wasn't sure what it was. I want to make sure you're all right. I'm
1: so sorry. I have the hiccups. Hiccups.
0: Yeah, Hey, what? <laughs> the um, you know, if the fastest man in the world, Hussein Bolt, you know, were to sprint full speed from here to the moon, it would take him over a month. You know, <laughs> or it would, you know, or it would take him like twenty years or something like that. You and, know, yeah, it, something uh, you know, like that. You it, know, it's it's just, and that's the closest body we have in space. You know, he could run at his yep. top speed for his entire life and never and not make it to Mars in time. And you know, never I mean, it's it yeah, it's it's just. Distances and and numbers like millions and billions are just fantastically large numbers. And to think that somebody has that amount of money, you know, somebody like Jeff Bezos, who has, you know, well, depending on where the stock market is today, like close to $200 billion is insane, is insane. So
1: his his ex-wife is now the richest woman on the planet. Yeah,
0: she's the richest woman in the world. And she got 3% of Amazon stock. Wow. 3%. And he has enough still to be controlling interest in the company, even though it's a publicly traded company. He does not have, he has a board that has no power over him because he can place everybody on the board because he has a controlling interest in the company, even though it's a publicly traded company. Same with Facebook. So, you know, even uh, Bezos and Zuckerberg uh, don't have, they're not beholding to anybody. There's literally nobody that says no to them. You know, unless they're sitting in front of Congress, I guess. But uh, you know, there's there's literally nobody that says that's a bad idea. Let's not do that because they are the ultimate yes or no in their companies.
1: Whereas so at what least happened to- at least with like
0: Tim Cook, you know, there's a board. If he if he if he takes the company and 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 crashes it into the dirt and the stock goes to zero value, you know, before that happens, the board would step in and say, "You're no longer the the, the CEO. We're going to hire somebody else." Right. There's nobody well, and, to do that and, for the other two,
1: and uh, yeah, and Steve Jobs, he actually was booted out of his the company that he was.
0: <gasps> right. Sorry. Yeah.
1: He I'm going to have to hold my breath for a second.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he structured his company differently. Um, how how Bezos and and um, and Zuckerberg were able to take a company public and not sell or, or and maintain, you know, like enough ownership to have absolute control. And they had like angel investors early on to help them grow their companies, and still not give away so much of the company that they don't that they would ever lose control. You know that that's a rarity. That's something that hadn't happened uh, in in recent years. Most companies, once they go public, um, then they're they're run essentially by a board that's beholden to shareholders. And to have two of the largest companies in the world, uh, you know, both in the tech sector. Not have that happen is unique.
1: Indeed, it's and very, Amazon went a long, long time without making any profit at all.
0: Yeah, because um, Bezos was completely in charge and could say, "You know, suck it. I'm, we're gonna, we're gonna do that." But you're right. That was weird.
1: Weird, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely.
0: Speaking of stocks, oh. they're all down again today yesterday they took a dive and today they're down you know Apple did their stock split and uh, and so their their price went from right around 400 or a little over 400 dollars to a uh, hundred dollars and change and they were up to 130 on um, on the first and now they're over 130 on the first and now they're at like 112 that's Apple Amazon has not done a stock split so their shares sell for over three thousand dollars a share. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Um, You know, different, again, different um, ideas about how to run a company, right? Bezos says, I don't care if we split the shares or not, you know. Um, And when you've got $3,000 a share, that just means that there's probably, you know, less small investors trading in your company.
1: It's interesting that Apple split their stock. I can't imagine that they're short on cash.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they did it a while back. I think they just have a philosophy of keeping stock at a lower rate so that more regular people can invest in their company, and they like oh. that philosophy. Um, they did a seven for one stock split, split a few years ago when they got up to about seven hundred dollars. They split it to get it back down around a hundred dollars ish, and this time they did a four to one to keep it back down at around a hundred dollars. I think they like their their stock to be between a hundred and you know two or three hundred dollars a share. They don't want to go much more than that. And when it gets higher than that, then they figure there's a lot of people who won't invest in their company because the stock's too expensive, and so they just they keep it lower. Um, you know, Amazon doesn't do that obviously because they don't have to. Basis, because I don't care. Invest, don't <laughs> invest, do whatever you want. I own the world.
1: He kind of does. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. He probably even does the muha ha ha. You know. I mean, in those quiet moments when he's alone, why not? I hear he has a pretty good sense of humor, so I'm sure he would probably laugh at that. But.
1: I wonder what he's like to work with. I really do. I mean, you know, some of these mm-hmm. incredibly wealthy, incredibly successful entrepreneurs, I mean, you know, what do yeah. they like to work with? Especially since, you know, so many people who found their own company get this founder syndrome, which is, yeah. you know, they they still think of themselves as, as, as small. He obviously mm. didn't have that, but, you know, how, what kind of... Oh, yeah, what is he like yeah
0: his personality, you know, unlike Steve Jobs, who was very much in the public and unlike um, uh, Elon Musk, who's very much in the public. And even, you know, to some extent, T- Tim Cook, you know, everybody kind of has a feel for what their personalities are like. Bill Gates, you really don't get a feel. You know, he just doesn't do a lot of public speaking. He doesn't, um, you know, you don't uh, even have like their they don't have like an annual developers conference or something like Apple has where the, the executives get up and talk or anything so you really just I think the general public doesn't have an idea of, of who he is he's kind of an unknown entity you know he's this mysterious yeah. he's, you know bald Sven man kind of guy. yeah <laughs> mysterious bald man who owns everything um, you know I mean even Jeff Zuckerberg it, it ha- even though he's kind Mark. of a I'm sorry Mark Zuckerberg is a um kind of a wooden, not particularly good public speaker. Uh, but people at least know that about him. He comes across as kind of a tech nerdy guy, you know, and people kind of got a feel for who he is. Um, Bezos is, he just doesn't, it doesn't feel moved to talk in public a lot, I guess. So, um, you know, he, I, have, I, I don't even know of any like videos of him doing like a uh, commencement speeches and things like that. I'm sure he gets offers. Yeah. To do that, but he just doesn't do it, and maybe it's because he's not comfortable. What if he's
1: got a? Yeah, maybe he's got
0: a squeaky voice. (laughs) Yeah, he talks like Mike. Mike Tyson, and he's going to get up there and talk like this, except that he can't like knock you on your butt like Tyson can. So, so uh, he's not very scary. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea, and and yeah, I mean, I'm obviously making fun there, but uh, you know, I always thought that was funny about Tyson. You know, he was like the scariest man on the planet when he was reigning world champion in boxing. I mean, the guy just, you know, this is a guy whose fights lasted an average of like 90 seconds. I mean, he just flattened opponents. And 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 it, nothing like that had come before in boxing where a guy just literally went out and just didn't matter who was on the other side, how big they were, how small they were, he went out and knocked you on your butt in, you know, a minute, maybe two. You know, he occasionally things would get to the second round if he, you know, wasn't quite warmed up. Um, but uh, and then he would start talking. You just be like, Really? You know, uh, now, now you know.
1: realize how he became such a good fighter.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Because when he was a little kid, they went ha, 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 and he smacked him in the face. Um. So you know, and and honestly, two things. One is I think as he's gotten older, he has learned. He, he, he still clearly has a lisp, and he has kind of a high voice for 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 uh, you know an adult. But um, but his voice has deepened a little bit, as as voices do. And I think he's also, it's not quite as prominent as it was. The, 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 um, the lisp. I think that he's probably worked to, to do that, but it's also part of his, his, um, sort of, you know, persona. People know that.
1: Yes. And he has a wonderful sense of humor about it. I, I'm, I'm a fan of Mike Tyson. I love Mike Tyson.
0: Yeah. He really has. As he's, I am too, as he's grown up. Clearly. I mean, the man served time for raping a woman and, uh, and, uh. You know, there were pictures of Robin Givens, his, his wife at one point in time, with bruises where he had, had uh, you know, hit her and or allegedly had hit her. Um, I don't know if that ever was proved or not or if he did anything for that. But anyway, um, uh, he clearly growing up had some, a lot of learning to do and a lot of understanding about how to behave. But uh, by all accounts, he had a really, really rough childhood and grew up in the streets and and, uh, you know, you don't expect people to learn this from osmosis. You need somebody to be there to, to, to teach you how to be a, you know, adult functioning human being. Um, yep. And, and the Mike Tyson that's there today, yeah, I'm with you. He's kind of, he seems like he's a pretty uh, cool together guy who's kind of figured out, oh yeah, here, here's how you're supposed to live and, and enjoy life and, and, uh, and be with people in society. And so shows you can grow that there's a, right there is a reason for not um you know uh having death sentences for most people right because the person Yep. A- the after the 20 years of of legal wrangling by the time you actually put them to death they could be a completely different person and uh Indeed. Uh, of course Indeed. if you've been, if you've been living in a in a box for that whole time you may not have had much of a chance to grow but you never know you know that happens between the years. So
1: So we are about out of time, we are. Um, and are we going to be doing a, a recording on Monday? Tom? Well,
0: you know, it's up to you. Um, since we're doing a best of on uh, on the radio show, we could do a best of here as well, if you wanted, or we could just, you know, skip it and say, "Hey, guys." come back on uh tuesday what would you like to do you want to just enjoy your three-day weekend or you want to
1: i want to enjoy my three-day weekend and i want our listeners to enjoy their three-day weekend sounds like a plan uh...
0: decision made (laughs) wasn't i hard to convince on that you know i mean a lot of wrangling and and hand wringing over that decision so cool (laughs) all right so then we will be back on tuesday everybody enjoy your labor day weekend thank you so much for joining us i'm todd brinker
1: I'm Erin Brinker. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Tuesday.